0: Blue Tiger Revenge brought to you by NARP. Hit the music.
1: Holiday season, it's the holiday season, oh look at that, that's right ladies and gentlemen it's another round of Blue Tiger just for you, the Blue Tiger Revenge Crew is here in the Blue Tiger Den ready to rip into those frothy, milky comic book presents that we like to call a podcast, that's right, I am. Comic book creator. You, you also know me and love me because I'm always filling those bowls. The Milkman. Tad Galusha. God. And, <laughs> and with me is the heart and soul of the Blue Tiger Revenge. The man. The myth. The beard. Santa's biggest worry because if anybody's coming to steal his sack of goodies, it's this guy. I'm coming he, for you, St. Nick. He wants those hot toys. He needs them all. I need them all. Big Brian Bales. How's it going, Big Brian? It's
0: going good. It's going good, man. How about you? Man,
1: good. You know, listeners might not be aware of this, but we're doing back-to-back shows. We are. We are. This is this uh, is your Christmas episode. But Yeah, so... But not yet. the hol- not your holiday special. That's no. coming for the new year. Yeah, which it's going to take a little bit of planning. That's why we're kind of front loading. That's right. To prep, I got to work on my singing abilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's no debate here. Uh, yeah. yeah, but we've got an amazing guest. Yes, I'm very uh, excited. Yeah, she. Uh, sh- we met her at 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 Emerald City um we weren't neither of us were familiar with her work until we saw one of her books yep and uh the just the production value and everything was just fantastic so we're like well we got to get her on but uh she'll be coming on in a few minutes but while we're waiting for uh her to enter the tiger den uh did you hear see the news with which news they're doing a crossover with Godzilla and Power Rangers. It's like the crossover we've all been talking about since the like early 90s. I did 90s. not know that. That's yeah. amazing. Chris Mowry of Toho Studios, uh, you know, past Yeah, guest. we got to get him back on now. Yeah, he just uh broke the news over
0: Facebook. Oh, uh, that's I knew. I saw, you know, I saw this morning that he said had big news coming, but I haven't seen I hadn't seen the follow-up yet. So that's
1: amazing see i saw i saw that post right while i was waiting for you to to come into the studio here and uh i was like well my my feed's already messed up so i'm sure it's already the news has already dropped and it had but uh yeah it looks pretty cool uh i don't i didn't really you know who's to say if the comic's gonna be good or not i'm sure it'll be a lot of fun um but you know it just kind of it's one of those things like you know power rangers with the zords Mm -hmm. i think is it they call them zords yep Yep. Yeah, like that's like And they kind of had their like Godzilla knockoff too. remember they had the dragon sword, which yeah, the was a, kind Ranger. of like a, a yeah, like a big robot, yeah, mecha godzilla, godzilla kind robot. of looking thing. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I'd say probably maybe a little cooler because it had like the cool fins and shit on it, definitely. And, um, and the dagger is a flute
0: that you can play without actually <laughs> yes. like putting your mouth on it, he just puts it up to his helmet and it plays. I mean, come on, yeah, the, the exactly. tune is, he doesn't cut his bing, face to Ba-da-da. That's the that's is the that Dragon the actual Girl tune. Game. Yes, it is. I was a member of the fan club, the buddy. Music. I was a member of the Power Rangers fan club oh. in the nineties, dude. Whoa! The oh official, the, oh. the official fan club.
1: I did not know. I didn't know you were a Power Rangers guy.
0: I was it's an more original. Time, oh, folks. Oh, yeah. I'm not. So let me ask it wasn't one of the things I'm into anymore. Like it wasn't one of those that carried with me, kind of like like turtles did. But. Um, yeah. Or
1: Batman, who's or Batman, now all on like front and center on your body. Yes, forever. So you're not gonna get like the Megazord tattooed on your back or something.
0: No, no. You know they went. Honestly, though, i if they wouldn't have had all of like the different incarnations of them, right? Because the originals those, was like those two, first or two three seasons. Years, that was it. You know, two or three seasons or yeah. whatever. But then they changed it to something else, and then to something else. So for me as a kid, that was hard to tr- hard
1: to track. So well, they did the two seasons, then they did the movie, and at that point, I was kind of like over the whole Power Rangers thing. But yeah, the movie like changed it all up. I and love They brought the movie. in all the actors left. Yeah, all the actors left the original cast because they were getting completely ripped off. So let me ask you this: since you're a diehard classic, you love well, season that, one, yeah. season two. Yeah, they, I can't. They watch introduced that shit anymore, the Green Ranger. Yeah. No, well, no, it doesn't quite hold up. The monsters still hold up. Very cool. But uh, let me ask this. Who was your favorite ranger? Well. Was it Billy? Was it Zach? Was it Jason? A, was it Tommy? Was it Kimberly? Training. I can't remember the yellow rangers. training Tr- God rest her soul. Yeah. She got in a car accident a few years after that and died, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she only made it in the first two seasons. And then she got replaced by Sasha
1: as the yellow ranger. Oh. Yeah. I think the only one who stuck with it was uh, was the Green Ranger, right? After season two, all of them, because they were all just getting. A
2: bad uh Billy. Deal. Uh,
0: um, he stayed a little longer. He stayed for a little while as well, um, and then they. Kind I of met rot- Jason. Yeah, they kind of. Oh, sorry. Jason kind of rotated in and out of different incarnations, but he was never like they a regular. They him- Yeah, they brought yeah, him they back a couple him of back times.
1: As- yeah, it was like so he was like the kind of like. Oh, we need some super badass guy to defeat this villain. Oh my god, It's the original Red Ranger. Yeah. 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 So, who was your favorite then of like season 1? Like just the core group? Oh, it's
0: got to be uh, it's got to be Yellow Ranger, man. I was a I was a Trina fan, Trini fan
1: all the way. Really? Uh-huh. You were Sabertooth Tiger how, baby? No. Okay. See, I was a Red Ranger guy because of the Tyrannosaur. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's obviously And then the it was most badass. And then it was Kimberly. It
0: was those two,
1: cause, oh, I see, I see what's going. Well, on you know, sure. I was a young boy. Like a lot of people, a lot of young men were, or long, young boys were fans of the the Pink Ranger. Correct. I was fans of both. You know, my sister, my sister uh, was the Pink Ranger for Halloween one year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Was that the I only think that good was thing like she's s- done? Pro- probably the only good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even then, that I'd have it. to see
0: the costume to really like. To see for sure. The,
1: I would give the suit uh, eight. The uh but the problem was is like back then they didn't they, get the, the costumes helmet, were like Yeah. You couldn't get the helmet, they were like crazy expensive. So she just had like this like plastic like faceplate oh, that she yeah. wore, like you know, like you know, I kind of like her for old that. school no excuses. Well, as we should. Yeah. no excuses. Yeah, no excuses. You know. Just get your
0: shit together, right. Momo. You Listen, you had fire, a right? homemade Captain America costume, so I don't want to hear any yeah. excuses.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And did I get in a fight on Halloween with that homemade ha- you know, Halloween costume as Cap? I did. And guess what? Did you throw It'd the shield at that out motherfucker? Of a... like... <laughs> no, but I knocked him off some, our neighbor's deck with my shield, dropped him, dropped him, and he was a great older. That's mm. a big deal when you're like second grade. I think it was second grade, something like that. Anyways, anyways – but yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. Godzilla, I mean, like, let's be realistic. Godzilla should smash the Power Rangers. Like, it shouldn't even be a contest. Yeah. Um, he's way too big. He's way just too way powerful. too big. Yeah. Godzilla farts and he's blowing those mechs mix- to pieces. But <laughs> I, I'm interested. I'm in. It should be fun. Uh, you yeah. know, it's cool that I like all the nostalgia. I do like a lot of the nostalgia projects. And they got, um, for the art, they've got Freddie,
0: Freddie E. Williams II, who has done a lot of, if turtle, not all of the he, crossovers that IDW's had. Like they did the Turtles Batman yeah, crossover. He did the say. Injustice He Man crossover. And now he's doing this crossover. Uh, looks like it's written by Colin Bunn. Um, so, and then colors by Andrew Dollhouse.
1: Okay. I'm not too familiar not with, familiar with uh, Andrew's work. But I mean like it's a pretty good ensemble of of you know, like you're gonna they're gonna turn out a pretty successful probably book series. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad they're doing Godzilla stuff again. Like Godzilla stuff it's is like
0: freaking awesome.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like it yeah. was I, I feel like they kinda missed the the window there during the pandemic with like the release of the new Kong Godzilla movie. But mm-hmm. um Godzilla's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like we gotta it, get gotta to get stay. on a
0: cover. You gotta get on a cover on that.
1: We'll. I'll. I'll see what I can
0: do.
1: Yeah. We'll see what I can do. That
0: would be cool. Just I haven't done a Godzilla one of like in a long time. One of like Godzilla. He's got. Uh, uh, here's what. Here's what I want. I'm gonna tell you what I want. Okay. Okay. And uh, hit me. You, you could Light just post me. a post a quote fan art of it of Godzilla and he's got the oh, the Megazord pinned down both hands and then he's just atomic oh. breathing its face. Oh. That would be pretty sick. Pretty fucking epic, right? Yeah. Plus, the amount of money
1: you could sell that for. <laughs> or how about Godzilla has lifted Megazord into the air and is hitting him in the chest with his atomic oh, b- breath so much it that it's through. lifting... It goes through the back and it's lifting the Megazord into the air. Yes, and then like the so, and the sword is like broken in half, like in the yes. rubble of the city. Yes, and and you see the little Rangers like jumping out, like as their like yes. last ditch effort to escape because like they know Megazord's yeah. toast. You can't literally you can't kill toast. the Rangers
0: in the art, but you can, uh, uh, you can trash the ride. You can though. trash the ride, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, anyways, it is time to bring our guest in. Yeah, let's do it.
2: Check, one, two. Tiger Milk. Tiger Milk. I like Tiger Milk. Give us some more of that, please. Tiger Milk.
1: And we're back with our special guest who we met at Emerald City Comic Con. Which
0: Melissa. she didn't remember me. She remembered you. I'm just going to throw that out there.
3: I know. It would give me a hard time.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> well uh melissa paliuka i got your name right
3: yeah thanks for having me on
1: yes yeah thanks for coming thanks for being here especially since i guess you only talked to us for probably like five minutes so at the most (laughs) yeah so it's probably kind of weird two guys are like hey you want to come on our podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. look at that cat (laughs) oh it's fine no it's all good it's all good
3: He hears me talking and he has to see what's going
1: on. That's right. That's right. So um, as they should. Basically how we uh, found out about you. Mm -hmm. um, We were down uh, on the main floor. We were there. uh, I have a, I was basically promoting a project that I'm going to be doing with one of the smaller publishers that was at the convention and uh, the publisher's girlfriend fiance, she went upstairs and came back with this gorgeous book. Yeah. Oh my um, gosh. And uh, we were like, what is this? So Brian, and I start looking at it and we're going through it and we're like, okay, we have to, we have to meet who put this together because it was made. And I, I think it was a book called above the clouds. I believe that yeah. was the book. Yeah. Big hardbound book. And, uh, and then we tracked you down and <laughs> probably harangued <laughs> you and bugged you about what are you want to do with the podcast. blah. But uh, yeah, and now you're here.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. It's always <laughs> fun to get to talk about the project you've been working on, and so I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. So, um, I don't really. Let, I, let's start at above the clause. I know you have a, a, a project going on currently, right now. Um, you're doing a web comic, I believe it's Monster Heart. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, it's one of my projects you know you start during the pandemic (laughs) it's actually more towards the end when I realized I wasn't getting anything done and uh I gave myself a goal like November I'm like I'm thumbnailing something whatever it is I'm working on it so yeah by December I had like a chapter thumbnailed out and then 2021 was just lining and Getting it done, and I've just been updating it on my Patreon right now. And then,
1: oh, how do you like a
3: bucket? Oh, yeah,
1: oh, don't continue, please. It's always been a bucket. What,
3: uh, it's always been a bucket list item to like put something up on webtoons for funsies. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, so I'm making it like a traditionally printed comic, Monster Heart is, but I'm then reformatting it and I'm putting it into like a vertical format, which is an interesting learning experience as to how story flows differently in that format versus like panels being like next to each other.
1: And yeah, how um, uh, well, let's be, I guess before we get into the book that I introduced you for, let's I'm, I'm very curious about that. Cause um, that's something that Bri- Brian, Brian, I started doing a web comic yep. called operation blue. Just it's kind of a fun thing to I kind of help promote the podcast you know just whatever that's what you know that's what I do is I'm a comic book creator and uh, and and he
0: has never written anything before outside of like student short films I get to work with a professional artist so (laughs) thumbs up for me (laughs) yeah
1: so (laughs) yeah exactly yeah which you know was is actually a lot of fun yeah because I get to sometimes be like, Brian, this is not going to work at all. But one of the things we've been talking about is like uh, webtunes It's such a valuable resource, especially with the amount of eyes that get on projects there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I guess my big thing is like, how did you decide on like what type of like template size that you wanted to do and formatting it? Because like you said, it's vertical. So you're, everything from the word balloons to the panels are all like stacked. Um, and, you know, some creators have a very long template and some decide to go kind of shorter. Uh, what, what, how, what was the process for you? Like.
3: Um, First I Googled other artists who are like, how to put a webtoons <laughs>
2: <Definitely.
3: laughs> to get there just to see what the format is. And then I, I, ha- I just have it as a, at a high resolution and then it's, I haven't updated, uploaded to get to Webtoon, so I'm sure that's going to be a whole trial and error to sure. see if I formatted it correctly. Um, but
1: are so just hope- shooting from the hip, just, just just going at it, seeing. Yeah, what so works.
3: I, I yeah, I'm just going for like uh, a, an approximate right now on mm. my Patreon, and then I'll see how it translates over when I yeah. actually upload load it to Webtoons. And
1: oh, okay. Yeah, I mean that
3: makes think, sense, right? Yeah, the part that helped a lot was when I was setting up my my comic is that I always make sure all my my word balloons, all my sound effects, all my like text everything is on a separate layer. So that when I'm transferring it over to, you know, the vertical format, I just have the art that I'm working with and then anything because I've noticed like the web balloons that work well in the traditional format don't necessarily work very well with flowing down a screen. And so you have to like move them or redraw them so that it makes more sense,
2: Mm.
3: you know, in, in the format that you're moving towards. And sometimes I'm finding I'm adding in panels a little bit. Sure in the web version where you know that fun effect where you have like a facial expression there's like a slight change when you scroll down I'm like, yeah oh, I could quickly just put that in real quick and then you know it's sort of like fun and kind of freeing to see the changes that you could just like play with a bit very cool. that oh that's extra space yeah.
1: yeah that's very cool yeah that's kind of nice so it's like it doesn't like if you're a reader of the book whether you're reading it physical format or webtoon format you're getting the same story but you're getting a little extra mm-hmm. depending on which one you're reading like you're getting a little bit different stuff that's, that's kind of that's cool you know like little bon- almost like little bonus things you know
3: yeah. that, and i also think it's like it's kind of rad to think that they're going to be getting a whole new like different experience when they finally see it in the printed edition because i sent yeah. some off to my patrons and they were super excited about it and it's like it's really different when it's not on the screen and you get to like read it and and yeah yeah it's like you're getting the same story but like like two versions
1: yeah yeah there's uh we haven't had a ton of like what like web comic people on yeah um one, the only I'd say, besides yourself, the other guy that we've had that's real that does most primarily web t- or web comics would be uh, uh oh, what's his name? Bry. I'm I'm blanking here. Ghost of the Gulag. Oh yeah, uh, David Derrick Jr. Yeah, David Derrick Jr. Yeah, I, I don't know if you've read that, Melissa. It's uh it's like about a tiger, but it's mimicking the whole like Bolshevik revolution. But with, but in the like the wilderness, the Siberian wilderness, with like, you know, the boars are the Bolsheviks, and then the czars are like, they are their role is played by the wolves essentially. So you have this war going on, and then the tiger is kind of like this like mercenary. Yeah, it's really good. It's really <laughs> it's, cool. It's very good. Yeah. And like, you know, like it's like talking animals, but like it's definitely, uh, it gets intense because, you know, you're talking Russian revolution here. So, like it, you know, it gets mm-hmm. like some pretty heavy stuff. But um, yeah, no, I've always uh, had kind of a soft spot in my heart for web comics because like I it, it's something like, I don't know. It just shows like the real power that I think the Internet can have as like the a medium. You know what I mean? For for comics, especially like you said, when it goes from being a a web experience and then it gets printed into a fit like a tangible form like there's something Mm -hmm. really interesting about that
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um i'm rambling now and you i realize you guys can't see my face you have no idea that's
0: that is true because you're a piece of garbage who didn't want (laughs) your camera on so you you know
1: don't know what's going on here i apologize guys i really do (laughs) um so melissa uh how did you get into this crazy yes. crazy industry tell us your story <laughs> yeah.
2: wow
3: uh, well let's see I I graduated with uh, BFA and after I graduated I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> so
1: which I'm, school where did those. you go to school
3: uh, Chico CSU Chico I went oh, to okay. the program there
2: Very cool. oh cool um,
3: and Afterwards, I just went to a temp agency and I got placed at this translation company and oh. I started off filing, but it's sort of gratuitous because I ended up as a desktop publisher there, which means I got to learn like InDesign and I hate Quark, but Quark and all the yeah. different design software. And I got to like learn on the job and all of this stuff translated really well when I decided to lay out my own comic stuff. And so I was working the day job and I started off just sort of illustrating and I've always been like this huge book reader. Um, And it it didn't occur to me until after college that I'm like, right, I can tell a long format story with art. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I kind of just sort of jumped into doing comics. Um, Oh, wow.
0: So, So you weren't necessarily, you weren't like a comic reader growing up or anything like that?
3: I was more of a manga okay. reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was more into stories about girls who get kicked butt. And-
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! Hell yeah! You love oh, Operation God. Blue, then?
3: <laughs> <I bet>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Manga and cartoons. Mm-hmm.
1: And- what was your What was your gateway manga? Because like manga, like for American audience, you know, like it kind of came in like very limited. It was sprinkled in late '80s. And then it slowly kind of was like crawling. You could find it like on UPN or something like that, like uh, early, early mornings. Like I remember watching like Samurai Pizza Cats really early in the mornings, you know. And uh, and then you know Sailor Moon. Kinda, I remember when that dropped on Cartoon Network, probably oh, yeah. like like kind of what mid late nineties somewhere around there. And then you know Dragon Ball was shortly followed. What what was it? Uh, what was for you? What was like the?
3: It was Sailor Moon. It was definitely, I saw yeah. Sailor Moon and my whole world was rocked.
2: <laughs> awesome. I was like,
3: what is this? This is amazing. I, I was just completely transfixed on this show and I just couldn't get enough. And then I also discovered uh, the Sci-Fi Channel would mm-hmm. have their anime runs and so this is when you get tv guides yeah. in the mail
2: yeah yeah the tv yeah.
3: guides and i get super excited and i had to like look at the sci-fi channel I'm like what's coming what what time slot and then it'd be like vampire hunter d and robot carnival and yeah was, they had like weird sci-fi ones like cat eyes and something yeah nice
0: yeah i just kids today won't remember the tv guides
1: no, they don't realize the exclusivity you felt yeah. when you got to watch something from Japan. like, Do you remember the late night infomercials for the most violent <laughs> cartoon ever made, Akira the movie? Do you remember those? Do you remember?
3: Yeah, and the do. 80s music synthesizer.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still the yeah. best, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Give me that synth yeah. all day long.
3: And you just feel like you're just completely like moved into this whole world just listening to that music. Like, right when you hear the first couple beats drop, you're like, what is this? So mm-hmm. well, why yeah. am I in? Mm-hmm. I,
1: I remember, like, weirdly being so, like, I remember the first time I saw the Akira, you know, ad at late at night being like, I don't think I should be watching this.
2: <laughs> like, oh,
1: oh, I, I think I might be, get, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, this is, it even says in the ad, it's way too violent. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh dude, do you guys remember there was like this golden period where parents didn't know what anime was and yeah. in their mind cartoons is just for kids.
0: Yeah. oh, and yeah.
3: I'd go to Blockbuster. and this is when I was still like new to like different titles that were out there. and I'm like, oh, Ron the half movie. What is this? This looks great. So I rent it. And thankfully my parents weren't in the room because the first opening scene is like Ranma running out of the ocean topless. And I was like, what
2: am I watching? This is great.
0: I remember (laughs) renting heavy metal as a child. Like not, just like, oh, sweet (laughs) (laughs) cartoon. Yeah. I think the
1: first, I think the first anime I rented was Ghost in the Shell. I had seen or heard somebody at like, I don't know, it was like middle school or something. I heard somebody talking about it and it just come to the States and they had it at the Blockbuster. And of course, you know, oh man, I'm really dating myself here, like Blockbuster, middle school. TV guy. It just just come out. Uh, Yeah. And I remember renting it and it was kind of that same where I was like, oh, it's a good thing no one else is here because... I think uh, my parents would probably uh, take this movie back immediately. Like, yeah, it's pretty intense, you know, especially like at the end, like when she like her, she's like fighting the robot, you know, and like rips her arms out of their sockets and stuff like, oh, it so intense. I don't know, but. Okay. So you went to school yeah. and then uh,
2: <laughs> you, you had all these interests. This is in- what we do
0: here. This
2: is yeah. what
1: we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, old school anime um let me ask you this what was your favorite uh sailor scout
3: oh man
1: or were you a, was it tuxedo midnight was that his name tuxedo midnight
3: tuxedo mask
1: tuxedo or mask thank you yeah tuxedo or
3: something. there
1: you go were, uh, or were you a tuxedo mask fan he was mysterious.
3: I feel like it's for lame reasons that I liked Mercury because I think her birthday was also September.
0: <laughs> yes, that's good. I'm into that. So
3: I'm like, obviously, this count is for me.
0: It's for you. <laughs> that's right. Fellow fellow September birthday here. So yes. I'm I'm with you all the way on that.
1: Wow. Wow. Did you guys ever watch any of the uh, like Gundam or? Um, no. No. Appleseed stuff? Do you ever watch any of that?
3: Yeah, that was, that was my other story is in Gundam. I was in the living room watching it and the TV was up loud and all of a sudden they scream out the name Zax. And my mom comes <laughs> running into the living room. She goes, what are you watching?" And I go, "Zax, <laughs> Zax with with a Z." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, see, I I I never got into I'm getting into anime more now as an adult just as a kid I didn't I didn't necessarily watch it. I was stuck on, you know, the 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 ones that everybody else was watching. You know, the Spider Man, Batman the Animated Series, X Men the Animated Series, Turtles. Those were my those were my jams. And so I felt like I feel like now going back and watching some of this stuff, I'm like, fuck man, I missed out. I missed out on some of this good stuff.
3: Missed out or left so that you get to return and still enjoy it. There
0: it
1: is. I like that better. I like that yeah. better. Yeah. So, um, okay. So let me ask you this then. Was Above the Clouds, was that like your first like completed story? Was that your first big uh, project?
3: Yeah, that was my this my first completed story. I, I had a story I was trying to work on beforehand. Um, and it was good that I started it because like I, I wrote it out. I'm like, yes, yeah, it's great. And then I was like drawing the characters and it just was not flowing. It wasn't going anywhere. And I had to like, let my baby go. I'm like, okay, it's not going anywhere. Gotta Mm -hmm. put it down. And so I kind of gave myself like a specific goal when I started about the clouds, where I'm like, if I get one page done, it's already a success because I have started something.
2: There you go. Yeah.
3: That's Um,
1: a, Oh my God. That's such a great attitude. Oh, that's so great.
3: (laughs) Uh, I um, I can't be perfect. So however the pages come out, I can't go back and change it because I just need to go forward and finish it. And I think it helped to break it down into some smaller because it didn't feel like this gigantic mountain that you were trying to attempt. It just became like a small, like goals along the way. And, you know, I, I originally thought Above the Clouds was going to be like a short story. Yeah. Um and it turned out way longer than I <laughs> I was
1: gonna say it it's a pretty heavy book. Uh how many pages is it?
3: Uh with the author notes at the end and everything, it's like 288 pages.
1: Still so how often were you posting if you're doing it as a webcomic, how often were you posting the pages?
3: In the beginning it was one page a week. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um and I got I think it took me six months to finish the first chapter and then every chapter I did after that I got uh, I was able to get faster you know learned a lot of mistakes along the way how to be more efficient and so I got it down to like four months down to three months and then when I was hitting like the third fourth year I had a conversation with my husband and I think talking to him he like really broke down the numbers and he went okay so if you continue at the same rate that you are now it's going to take you two years to finish this story because i knew how (laughs) it was going to end i had like an outline Mm -hmm. and story beats and everything i'm like oh man two years he goes but if you increase your page rate (laughs) that's true you can get it down to one year and i was like I need to be done with this story because I have other stories I need to do. Right. <laughs> so that became like a huge incentive, like seeing that, like just beyond the horizon, I'm almost done with this one year. I'm like, oh, I can do this. And so like I increased it and then it became like two pages. Um,
2: wow. Uh, wow. A week. Today, and in the
3: beginning, like three fourths of the way I was, I had my day job too. And then, sure. then I was able to quit my day job. And then so I you're like really focused.
2: So
1: you're just doing web comics then. Well, uh, other stuff too. You've done some other books too. I, I think, I believe, right? Yeah.
3: Just like, uh, artwork conventions, commissions. And then.
1: Didn't you do some stuff for vault? Uh, I did. I-, I
3: did like, um, a variant cover for oh. Sierra and the Royal stars. It was like, a thing they worked with a whole bunch of different comic shops.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. And
3: uh, the comic shop in Venetia um, reached out to me and I'm like, do you want to do a cover? I'm like, hell yeah, I do. And, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I got to read like the, the, the first chapter and then he's like, pick any character you want to do. And then there was like this dude who seemed like he was a villain or something. And I'm like, I'm drawing him.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. I love the fact that stores are able to do that now where they can almost like it allows them to be a little bit more involved and it brings more people in because you know like that you do that cover and then who knows what that leads to you know that could lead to you getting to do more covers at marvel dc who knows what you know like it's kind of just up 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 from there right well (laughs) there we go i know you're listening (laughs) marvel dc hit her up come on yeah hit her up so Uh, So, okay. So you did above the clouds and it took you what, maybe a year and a half then to do it. It
3: Took me uh, five years.
1: Oh, and
3: then, yeah. Which was a good chunk of time. Yeah, Um, definitely.
1: Hey, I, I, I feel you my first graphic novel, like solo, where it was just me like kind of doing like what you're doing on above the clouds. It took me about, yeah, probably like four or five years uh from start to completion um uh, let, me, let me ask you this since uh because i know what that's like you grow a lot as an artist when you're working especially yeah. over that time frame uh i have it for me it's very hard to look at the last page versus the first page <laughs> yeah.
2: um,
1: because even if you're just working on a project that you're just doing for a month you know like there's some change that happens you become more comfortable with the characters you, you just I like to think you level up anytime you're working on a project that really pushes you, um, as a draftsman or as a writer, you definitely level up. So let me ask you, uh, is it difficult for you to look at the earlier pages versus like what you're doing now or what you did in the end?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's very Cause like I could see a difference in line quality and, um, like there are a few pages I'm like, Hey, good. You know, Good job. I could still look at it and not completely cringe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, um, but you know, part part of me is kind of still happy to see that change along the way with each chapter because it's just sort of like this is where I started and then this mm-hmm. is kind of where I ended up by the end of the story. And since like part of the theme of above the clouds was not gi- giving up, it's kind of like a everyone who I tell the the story idea to like, Oh, it's kind of meta because it's like an author who doesn't know if he's going to finish the story and you're working on a story. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. And
1: you're, you're kind of documenting your journey as an artist too, like ability wise. And also I, you know, like I know certain artists, I, I adore their work, but you know, you see something they did 10 years ago versus now and, Maybe not a lot has changed you know it's it's great that there's consistent and that's something of value so like if they get hired people know what they're getting but at the same time uh, I like seeing that somebody's constantly getting better changing yep. their styles cha- challenging their approach to something like I don't know it seems to me that's more of like what we're doing as an art you know what I mean like I know it's very fine arts kind of viewpoint but you know as an art you're you're challenging yourself you're trying to grow instead of just like well i know i can draw this this way mm-hmm. but i don't know that's i guess my take on it
3: <laughs> no i i totally agree because like like i said before starting above the clouds was me learning how to make a comic and so i was learning as i was going and like just figuring out how do i draw word bubbles properly or placements of how the eye flows across the page and you know how do i get as much clarity of storytelling without words since it's you know a half silent comic Mm -hmm. um and even with monster heart what taking it on um because it's more of like an urban fantasy i'm going to start drawing more buildings i know i suck at that but (laughs) it's a great challenge because it's fun feeling like you can push yourself to take on something new and hope that every time like you take what you've learned in the previous project and pour it into your next one and hope that you can build on top of that foundation and make something better.
1: Oh, I, I I just, there's so much, there's so much positivity coming out of you. I love it because like, I'm kind of like a negative sort of guy kind Kind of of. glass half, kind of. Okay. I'm a glass half empty sort of fellow. (laughs) So, uh, Like I spend so much time beating myself up and I I do live by that rule of like, you know, once it's done, it's done. You make those fixes on the next thing. And so like a lot of times I get in that mode where like, I'm just constantly like, I look back at like what I'm doing that, you know, that month and like, Oh gosh, look at all these mistakes. What are you doing? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's so easy to beat yourself up, but I love just, I love how you have, are kind of wording everything here of like, Mm -hmm. if you're an artist, you should just move forward. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
3: Well, I mean, like it's easy to look in retrospect and say it now, you know, but I know when I start, especially when I started Monster Heart, there's like this period where you're sitting down with something like a blank screen. And I feel like that's the part where I, I don't know if all storytellers feel this, where you start questioning all of life and you're like, who am I? Why am I doing this? I (laughs) suck." every day can, like, in the mirror work through, like all the self-loathing and get past all of that to mm-hmm. like you know
1: yeah and uh, then once you, the
3: project's done you're like yeah looking back look at all this time.
1: look what i did i'm not crazy <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man uh yeah no that's i i just yeah i i love hearing that fresh perspective because too many times i think sometimes you meet with artists and they're in the same, like right now, like I went through a big like burnout period Mm -hmm. and just too much work in the pandemic. And then just, you know, just kind of wiped. And uh, hearing that kind of, it's nice, like, okay, I'm not the, I'm not the only one that's going through this kind of (laughs) stuff, you know? And I think for a lot of artists, you know, we, everybody you don't want to admit that like i I don't feel like i'm not happy with my work or i don't feel like drawing today and it's nice i like i said this has been so far even though we've only been talking a little bit it's been very refreshing to hear all this kind of stuff um so let me ask you this okay you're saying a lot of key things that i as an artist take very seriously and uh you keep using terms like flow and stuff which i think are the most important Mm -hmm. thing uh as a storyteller uh did you, when you were in college, did you have any comic courses, or was all of your, uh, I guess, methodology kind of like self-taught?
3: Um, I took a lot away from my BFA course. Uh, I my emphasis was intermediate studio with an emphasis in electronic arts, which means I get to dabble around in different fields. So I took ceramics and printmaking and um, oh, cool. figure drawing class. And I think the greatest, one of my professors, I feel so thankful to have um, Mr. Hoffy. It was uh, the first day of figure drawing class. And he gives a speech at the very beginning. And he goes, I know that you're going to want to sit here and you're going to want to draw the most beautiful drawings in the world. But guess what? You have a lot of ugly drawings in you and you just need to let them out. Just get them out so you can move on and draw what you need to draw. That's great. It's something like that. And that always stayed with me because I'm a horrible perfectionist and being a perfectionist, uh, you tend to tighten up and then you don't let things flow out. And so it kind of like embracing the ugly stuff mm-hmm. yeah and letting yourself get that out so you can move on um
1: <laughs> yeah wow yeah no, that...
3: reframe things for me
1: <laughs> definitely so were you did you have any comic influences uh or were you just looking at like manga because i mean like i know there's that weird division people like to put manga and american comics in two separate categories Personally, I look at them all as just, it's just comics. It's just storytelling. One goes from left to right. The other one goes from right to left. That's it. That's the only difference. Uh, You know, it's just, it's raw, it's storytelling at its finest. Uh, Were you just looking at that kind of stuff and seeing what other creators were doing? Or did you get one of those books? I know they're very popular these days of like how to draw comics, the Marvel way or the DC
0: method.
3: (laughs) You know, I picked up a long time. This is before I even started drawing comics. I was in a bookstore and I got one of those how to draw comics the Marvel way. Was so that the Busema?
1: Was that the Busema book?
3: It was. Oh, do I have
1: it? It's it got like the guy at the drawing table and all the superheroes are sitting on his shoulders, like looking at the t- at the paper. There it
0: is. So this
3: is before I even got into comics.
1: That's it. I
3: had that yeah. book yeah. as a kid.
1: My
0: parents <laughs> got me that book as a, as a kid.
3: That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was so awesome to like look how they broke down figures and perspective, and That's like when I was thought. trying to like just figure things out. Just being an artist, not not just a comic artist, just yeah. an artist in general, just drawing lines and you know, I thought it, it was really helpful. I, I I thought it was really fun seeing how they framed. Uh, figures and and not just like a figures on the page but how it's like pushing it further so it's more expressive mm-hmm. and um so yeah there, there weren't any comic courses when i went to school um electronic okay. arts was like the new newish thing
2: yeah
3: i remember getting pushback doing like like digital art um really from from what like, not so much my professors because I think they were super supportive but I had people go like why do digital art you know <laughs> when you can do you know, traditional well, I don't know basically the implication why do tra- digital artwork when you can just do traditional like what's the point there's no it seemed like they didn't see value in it and I remember just saying like because it's fun because I enjoy it
1: yeah <laughs> like, that's what that's, why it's, would I not? <laughs> it's, it's a new tool that you knew it was one of those, like, I was very late to the game digital, but it was mostly like, I, cause I knew I was like, well, it's only gonna get as the technology gets better and they start implementing more brushes and better, like, drawing tablets, uh, you know, like, I'm gonna have to convert. And then it got to the point, at least I know for me, like, got to the point where it's like, if I wanted to get a storyboarding job, I had to have like a tablet and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, they weren't gonna hire you to drop pencil and paper storyboards because like no man it takes forever and we have to make a million changes like why 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 would yeah but yeah that's crazy that you get pushback
3: again i think it was just more so other students sure uh, yeah. I, I think my friends were like yeah this is awesome do your thing and i think a lot of my professors were too Though my I think maybe they shielded me a little bit because I remember one of my professors who was on my BFA committee um, was saying how what was funny is my emphasis was electronic arts, but when I did my BFA show, it all ended up being traditional work. And they're like, oh. why why is there no electronic art here if blah, you know? And my professor goes, actually her thing is intermediate studio, which means she gets to be in all of the different. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. That's awesome.
3: Well, something like so for that. Your, on, on for that your podcast, comics, it was funny. <laughs> yeah.
0: For your comics, it's uh, strictly strictly digital, then 100%. Well,
3: yeah. Yeah. I think at the beginning, I ended up, I started thumbnailing mm-hmm. sketch wise, but it just became faster just to do everything digitally. Makes sense. And, and I always like to tell people because I know there's people like, oh, I love traditional, but it's just easier to do digital i i grew up like in high school i got like a burnt copy of photoshop when you can get a burnt copy, yeah <laughs> yeah in my science class that i hated <laughs> <But> it <laughs> changed my life and i thought it was the coolest thing ever and uh it took me a week to transfer over from working on a mouse to a wacom tablet and, oh my god
1: i don't but, miss the mouse days
3: <laughs> did you drop the mouse too
1: I did for a little while. Yeah. Like it was probably like 2006 and I didn't, I just didn't have a tablet. I just had like a regular, you know, computer and I went to art school and all of a sudden like, (laughs) yeah, everyone had, we had to do like digital coloring. And so I was like, well, everybody's been using the mouse. Like, so I guess we'll use the mouse. And yeah. And then a few, and then all of a sudden people started showing up with the little tablets, you know, those little tiny like bamboo tablets. And yeah, anyways, but yeah, enough about my Um, horrible, horrible experience. but,
3: But yeah, but I, my mind just works differently when I'm working digitally. And I really love that. I feel like I get more freedom and more flow with my lines. Like I still sketch traditionally, but I prefer working digitally and that's, where i get a lot of my joy from and so yeah sometimes it hurts when i'm like at my table and am like yeah it's all digital like oh that's great but uh i'll have like some traditional pieces and like oh i just prefer the traditional I'm, like that's fine <laughs> if like so, i get it people have their preferences yeah with
0: sure yeah what they like so mm-hmm. when you're you know when you're working on your comic. Um, I know a lot of different people, uh, you know, they have different things going on in the background, either, you know, watching a show, listening to a certain type of music or soundtrack or whatever that is. What's, uh, what's yours? What do you, what do Uh, you, what do you have on in the background to, uh, you know, to get that flow going?
1: You stole my question. Good.
3: (laughs) Uh, I feel like it changes. Um... Because I, I I switched from like old old TV shows that I've watched before to podcasts. I think I really love putting on um that one podcast uh, stuff. They don't want you to know.
1: Yes, I listen to them all the
0: time. I, I thought you were going to say great. Blue Tiger Revenge, but we'll run with we'll run with that one. That's fine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's now in my queue.
1: There we like, go. There we go. <laughs> Um, they so, have great voices. They have very good. Vo- do you like their content?
3: I do, Gold, just because it's so rad. Thinking about all these different areas, like they just did a whole episode on asbestos.
1: Oh, I have that downloaded. I haven't listened to it yet. Um, yeah, I've always like when I was a kid. I grew up in the woods, so I loved the whole like, you know, like monsters could be real, Bigfoot and Thunderbird and Yetis and the Loch Ness monster. Like I was obsessed with all that stuff. And so mean, I like, okay, still am, uh, but, uh, I still listen to all the like, I don't read the books. I know I just listen to podcasts. About we literally
0: did a Bigfoot special. Don't let them, don't let them talk you down.
1: I'm trying to downplay it, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they, they're very good because like, I love how they're like, okay, this is how it is. And then here's what they don't want you to know. You know, <laughs> I love it when they do that, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, so so you like all that kind of like mystery content uh, or like you know, cryptids, that kind of stuff? Are you a believer?
3: <laughs> uh, no, I don't think like I would be awesome if it was. yeah. if they if Bigfoot really was out there, but I, I haven't them. really seen anything to convince me.
1: I want them so it bad.
2: Actually, I want but it's
3: fun them. thinking of like stuff that, you know, stories people have or mm-hmm. like even they run down through like all the different theories.
1: Yeah. Sure. I, yeah. you know, it's interesting. I feel like we live in an age where a lot of those myths that like, say our parents and grandparents grew up with being like, you know, Oh yeah, there, there's a good pro Like they don't have the answers, but maybe aliens did build the pyramids, you know, like that sort of stuff. Uh, Like I feel we're now we're like, no, this is how this was done, blah, blah, blah. The world is much smaller now, right? Like it's not as mysterious. And so I, sometimes I feel like I'm a little like let down where it's like, oh man, I mean, I'm sure there's still a lot of mysteries. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it just seemed like it was like wilder times. Like you go back, like, I don't know, a hundred years ago and they knew so little about the world that we live in that they're like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a whole like civilization. Uh, of Yetis living up in the Himalayas, you know what I mean, like that kind of stuff, you know. Um, but I don't know. That's just me. I feel like we're getting way down some weird rabbit hole, of, <laughs> like that's right. Mysteries of mysteries of the world. That's right. Um,
3: I think there's still some really good mysteries, and even stuff that we think we know. I think what's exciting is when people discover a detail that makes you think about what we already know in a different way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly uh like i'm doing this book uh for a publisher out of la called first americans and uh you know it's all about like people coming across the land bridge into north america like native siberians and um you know like i have always been really into anthropology and all that kind of stuff but they just found like they always they, there's always like shreds of evidence that people were in were in north america south america way long, way before than they, you know, thought. And uh, they just found like footprints that are push it back like an extra 10,000 years. So instead of 14,000 years ago, people come in North America, they're like 24,000. And I was talking with an archeologist, actually at Emerald City Comic-Con. He came by the table to check out First Americans and we got chatting about it. And he was saying like, yeah, but you know, like if these, you're telling me like people just like, just you know jumped on a flight and flew over to uh New Mexico uh where they found these footprints that pushed it back 10,000. He's like people had to make their way slowly down right you know the coast to get there. So he's like we could probably push it back another like 10,000 years and that wouldn't be crazy. And I was like, "Oh man, from like a natural history perspective, that's so fascinating." You know, cuz like we don't know all that stuff is there's just there's no But you you know, the evidence is there. It's just a matter of finding it. Mm. I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, I again, I love all that natural history type stuff. I'm a big nerd on that. That's what gets me going. Anyways, again, um, so I will backbone off of Bri's question. I will say, what are your creative catalysts uh, in culture? Meaning uh, when you're not at the table and you're just going to like, I need something. There's things I enjoy. Like storytelling, yeah. TV, music, whatever. What is it that for you? You're like, this is so good. This is the best. Is it uh, Star?
3: Well, the Star- first thing is Zelda.
2: Yeah, Zelda. I'm a
3: huge Zelda fan. I uh, actually, when I was completing Above the Clouds, yeah, before I finished Breath of the Wild came out, yes. and I was not allowed to play it until I finished the last page. <laughs> and I remember finally finishing above the clouds. I think I cried a little bit, but then I was also like, I got to play Zelda. Yes. <laughs> like, I had it already ready. I had the switch. I had the game. It was just off. I could not touch it, could not play it wow, until, yeah. that, until that day, December 15th. I played Breath of the Wild. I think it was like a couple, a year or so later, I was finally able to play it. And so Yeah, that's wow. my happy place. That um, was
0: the reason I bought the Switch was for Breath of the Wild. I'm a huge Zelda fan as well. Um, and uh, currently, you know, in preparation for Breath of the Wild 2 to come out, I'm in my second playthrough of it right now. I'm, uh, you know, I just am... Uh, you know, going after my first divine beast at the at the moment. Uh, that's what I was doing before this, before we started recording. But uh, my seven year old is really into uh, into Zelda too. He's got the whole Link costume with the Master Sword and Hylian Shield. Um, he's and, got daggers now too. Yeah, he's got daggers now too. But he will. Yeah. Uh, he likes to sit and watch me play. So he'll be like, "Dad, can you can you play Breath of the Wild?" And so I'll be like, "Yeah, bud." And so he just hops down next to me and. Yeah, so that's our whole thing right now. Is I'm I'm trying to get enough shrines, to where I can get the master sword. Yeah. So I've got like thirty-two of them. I still I still die when I try and pull it out. I and I don't you know I don't remember how many I need, and I'm doing my best not to like look it up.
1: You know, uh-huh. I want to figure it out. So so Melissa, are you a big gamer then, or is it mostly just like you like like that adventure fantasy uh, kind of stuff?
3: I. I have come to terms that I am not a great gamer, but I love playing
0: That's the okay. only thing that matters. That's all that um, matters. Yeah.
3: And so I think the only role game I like playing is Zelda. Growing up, I used to play the Final Fantasy games.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, yeah.
3: But it's been hard for me to get into other games. Like, nothing quite hits the button the way a Zelda game is. It's
0: the best. Is, is so designed. what's your favorite uh What's your favorite Zelda game? We're derailing. I'm talking about Zelda now, oh, damn it. What's Take the your- reins.
3: So, I really love Link to the Past. Yeah. I feel like it, the gameplay is so much fun Yeah. just going through it. I also have really good nostalgic memories, too, playing that game. Yeah, Um. definitely. Do you remember when it came out, it had the little black book with yep. all the secrets? Yep. My dad took that and hid it in the house.
0: Oh. So what? I could
3: not cheat. That's and awesome. my sister would my half sister would come down to visit and we'd play zelda together and so when dad was off to work we're like we would scurry around the house like trying to like find this book because we'd be at a part that we couldn't get past like did that stupid mountain part
0: did you ever find it
3: <sighs> but yeah so link to the she's past. avoiding the
0: question did you did you find yeah. the black book <laughs>
3: Yes. Okay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we didn't take off the sticker though. We'd have me like we'd bend it so that we can like look in it and Ooh, it put smart. it back so that dad wouldn't know.
0: I love it. I love it. <laughs> we, wow. Does he though uh does he know now that you you know?
3: Oh yeah, pro- probably. Okay. Yeah. I think but you never told him.
0: But you never told him.
3: I don't know if I I think I think we must have talked about okay.
2: Yeah.
3: yeah, it seems like something that later on we would yeah. like. We found
0: it. <laughs> yeah, I I, I think I'm a you know ocarina of time, but I I, I think that might be my favorite because that was the first one I did like a hundred percent to. Oh. Um, but I think as far as like the best, I, I do think it's Breath of the Wild.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but I, I will that you know too. I'll caveat because I have not played uh. Wind Waker or Twilight Princess? I was disappointed when they didn't. Uh, I didn't have a. I went straight from Nintendo sixty four to Xbox, um, so like I, I never had like the GameCube. The Switch is the first Nintendo I've had since then, since sixty four. Um, and so they did Skyward Sword, which I just beat that currently, and then hopped into Breath of the Wild. But I'm hoping that they'll do uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess at some point, so I can play them.
3: Wind Waker is the one I'm waiting for. Like yeah. that's the remake. I'm like I need that on my Switch so I can play that game again. Yeah. That one was a lot of fun. Yeah. I remember the gameplay.
0: And one of my one of my favorite things, and I don't know uh I'm curious your take on this though. If I've got like just 10 15 minutes, I'll just hop into Breath of the Wild and like cook food and try and, you know, try and get that special sound. You know, to know that you cook something special, you'll just find it. You know, throwing random things together—it's one of my favorite parts of that entire game.
3: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be amazing if in the next one they did more. Like, I wanted more. I yeah. wanted to find like super rare ingredients where I'd be at, like the top of the mountain in order to like freeze something, and then in oh. order to make a certain dish, and then. Yeah. Do, you, do you? I'm hoping in the next one. Do you
0: think you're going to get to play as Zelda in the next one? Because it has them together, you know, the little t- preview that they showed. It's got them together, like riding the elephant or whatever. Um, and this would be the, it would be the first Zelda game, Legend of Zelda game, where you could actually play as Zelda.
3: You know, they had that same thought when Breath of the Wild came out. Mm-hmm. So, it would be cool, but I'm not counting on
0: yeah. it. <laughs> I don't, I don't need it, but I do think it would be kind of cool, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Now I am a, a layman in terms of video games, but I'm going. I, I I did. I do own the original Zelda, and I've played it and beat it. Uh, how many Zelda games are there now? A lot. <laughs> Probably like what ten?
3: Maybe. I I'm not sure. I don't think I played all the Game Boy ones. Like I didn't do Zelda, like Link and the four swords or something
0: i don't think i played that one either i did i did link's awakening when they put it on switch that was a ton of fun i didn't play the original game boy one though Mm
3: -hmm.
1: i did play the original game boy i had that for a little while Mm -hmm. but i don't remember it too much it was just the the golden cartridge for me yeah 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 Yeah. nothing wrong with that and i'm lame because i just have the gray box that was it pretty that's all right (laughs) That's all right. classic.
0: Right. Yeah, I want to say, because you've got what? Now, now we're really going deep in the weeds, because I'm going to try and name them all. So you've got Legend of Zelda, and then you've got uh, what the second one was uh, The Adventures of Link. Um, I'm only doing like the major console ones, because I don't give a shit about Game Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. And wow. then you've got Link's Awakening. And then you've got, uh, I think, after Link's Awakening is Ocarina of Time, and then Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Skyward Sword, uh, Breath of the Wild. That's nine. That's nine. I don't know if I'm missing any, but maybe I am. Some someone's yelling at me right now through their, you know, through
2: their
3: yeah, headphones. Yeah, they're questioning our Zelda fan
0: that's true is there right now is there a new one coming out soon yes next year oh wow (laughs) and we're we had
3: two years waiting for this one trailer to tell us yep that in a (laughs) year
0: that in a year (laughs) it's coming out yeah that's kind of how
1: video games go right and you know you
0: know it's gonna be it's not gonna be like you know February or March or anywhere like that. It's going to be like this time next year. You know, those assholes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, one quick thing. Have you been watching the Zelda theorists on YouTube who broke, who broke apart no, the Zelda trailer,
0: but I need to, what is this?
3: Oh my God. Okay. After this, let me send you a link. Please, of my most favorite do. theory that just totally like, Takes apart the entire trailer, okay. and then even goes into the graphics, okay. and then oh tells God. you because he was saying how the order in which they show you is off, oh. and so he decides to go in and, based on clues, put it in the order he thinks it's actually supposed to go in.
0: Ooh, I like. Th- in- I'm into that. Interesting. Yeah, send me that. I I remember. I don't know how many years ago it came out, but it was like I don't know if you've seen the YouTube video it's like the two dudes who uh they do the musical of arguing about which zelda game is better um but they they do it in the in the zelda theme of, of <laughs> ocarina of time versus um uh link to the past if you haven't seen that i'll send that to you so we can we can do a little zelda exchange
3: okay,
0: okay. i'm love.
1: i'm loving this zelda exchange this is amazing <laughs> I mean, it's all foreign language to me, but I love all of it. I, I love actually it. have, that's what,
0: you can't see it, but in that, um, on that cabinet, I've got the uh, Breath of the Wild Link statue, you know, where he's standing with the bow. Oh, nice. Nice.
3: That's just one that's surrounding my and
0: computer. They, uh, the the company who makes those uh, Breath of the Wild statues, they just released, uh, or they just did pre-orders. They've got a mini, a mini uh, Hylian shield that just Ooh. came out. I'll send you the link to that, too. Ooh. I'll send you the link to that, too. Yeah,
3: because I just got the uh, Skyward Sword one.
0: I have that one, too. Yeah, the amiibo. Okay, I'm going to go get I'm it, I'm loving
3: them. I'm so about these amiibos.
0: I'm, I'm going to be right back.
1: Him. I'm going to go get that link figure and show it
0: to
3: okay. you. <laughs> Sorry, we're just like pulling one off the
1: table. This <laughs> is great. No, this this is what always happens. We we have a guest on, and then we find, a, like, we find the <laughs> pressure point. And it just goes deep into, you know, something like this every time, every time I I, no, I I love. I mean, this is kind of like this is we're all fans at heart. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we, I think, kind of come to do this for a living is like, you're like, I love this so much. I want to contribute. I want to be a part of the creative process. That's right. Creative
3: zeitgeist.
1: All
0: right, if so, you know
3: in in and to tie it back, they're all oh, this wow. is the
1: uh
0: uh Super Smash, the Smash Brothers amiibo, and then here's the uh first four figures. Uh Breath of the Wild.
3: Ooh, the big one. Yeah,
0: and they have one of Zelda, and then they have one of Rivali, and then they've got the Shield, the same company just is just announced. So Blue
1: Tiger fans, this has oh, turned nice into is a show know. and tell of Zelda figures. That's right. Just, Don't you just wish we so were know. on video?
0: tiger cubs you can see all this awesomeness (laughs) i forgot
2: (laughs) it's just
1: this is an audio but they're they're
2: just like what the fuck
1: (laughs) you know you know there's some that are hardcore zelda fans that are like oh he's got that i've been thinking about buying that or oh she's got that i gotta get that Yeah. yeah
3: so just to put it in here to type back to above the clouds i did put in a little zelda reference in the comic
1: Awesome, really. <laughs> well, what but did it, you do? You have to break
3: dialogue. It it's uh, oh, okay, let me just tell you,
1: yeah, 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 what,
3: what it is. So it's like midway where Eileen, she's the main character, um, just to preface the story, it's half silent, and um, the only words are when there are letters being written down, or if it's in the book that she's reading about, and that's when there's words and dialogue. But as she's exchanging, Like fan letters with the author Kian. There's a part where uh, oh, I'm trying to think of the right the right wording about shoot. Well, the reference is is basically um, I I hear it's dangerous to go alone. Oh, nice. That always says uh, I love it. Prince. (laughs) but it's in there
1: it's in there it's
0: my little how to put
3: it in
1: now to change gears as much as i'm loving all the zelda talk that's okay but uh so above the clouds i did i did go to your website and read uh the about page and uh it was a pretty big deal in terms of kickstarter like you kind of knocked it out of the park. Oh God. yeah! My
3: original funding goal was twelve. But wow! I mean, if I could just get a soft cover book, mm-hmm. I'll be happy. <laughs> so book,
0: And that and your your book is gorgeous. Like the hardcover, every like the production value on it. I mean, outside of like being beautiful, beautifully drawn. You know, like just the presentation of it as well is just gorgeous.
1: Yeah, was that um. I mean, was that something that you were like, okay, whatever money that we're getting from this Kickstarter, I want to put towards a production to just make the best looking book I bought. Cause I mean, like it's got like gold leafing and everything like it was, it's beautiful.
3: So the, the final, um, funding for Kickstarter to make about the clouds was 43 grand. And then I also did backer kit and oh. I actually raised an additional six grand through that.
1: Oh, that's awesome!
3: Um, and when I started my Kickstarter, I asked myself, like, as a backer, what is it that I look for when I do campaigns? And I honestly don't care about extras. I don't want posters. I don't want buttons. I don't want. I yeah. just want like a really good book.
2: Yeah, yes. So I'm like, That's what the way to do All
3: of my stretch goals are going to be it's going towards the book.
0: And as someone so. who backs a lot of Kickstarters, uh, both of us do. That's yeah. That's what we appreciate. Like, I don't need the pins or the stickers or anything like that. Like, I want that. I want it into the book.
1: I'll be, I'll be honest. I end up giving away all that extra stuff. Like, if friends come over with kids, I'm like, oh, here's some pins or oh, here's some stickers. I, I just I don't know what I'm gonna do with like. Oh, look, here's an art card. Like, uh, okay, if it fits inside the book, I guess i will just stick it in there, and so that maybe one day it'll slip out, and I can be like, oh yeah, I forgot this was cool, you know. But.
3: And yeah. The, the one side thing that was like more indulgent for me was I commissioned a few friends to do art pieces. Mm-hmm. And so oh. I had like a little postcard set, like things that could fit in That's with perfect. the book. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got to commission my friends and pay them money to draw my characters. I'm like, "Yes."
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Draw
3: my draw my characters in your style. I'm excited. <laughs> Take the money.
1: Take the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean that's great. I mean, it's really, I mean, that's that's what it should be all about. It really is. I, I, you're 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 making me so excited, like creatively, because like I talk about doing these kind of things. Brian and I talk about doing yep. these kinds of things, yep. and we're like, eh, you know, and it's like, like you said, you're there's a mountain ahead of you in terms of work, but then like when we see something like above the clouds, and then we find out that it was all like web comic, kick started. Yeah. Yeah, we're like, oh my god. Cuz like, you know, I've done stuff at publishing houses and it's okay. It's I mean, I don't get me wrong, I was grateful for the opportunity, but like, you know, the there's limitations in terms of budget and stuff for production, so it's not exactly like I, uh, you know, I, like my first graphic novel, the cover and stuff. I wanted other things on it. I wanted it hardbound and things like that. And they're like, it's just not in the budget, buddy. Um, so it's really nice to be able to see someone go like, this is what I want, and then we're gonna go crazier with it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Even did like a slipcase edition, oh, also with gold leaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's awesome.
3: <laughs> it was that's- fun. It was really fun to design the whole thing and. And put
1: it together, and um, yeah, but yeah. that, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Bry, is it time? It, I think it's, it's time.
0: It's time for the question. So, <laughs> Melissa, this is something that we ask every guest who comes on the show, and the answers always are always very and we love it. So, given the opportunity to have unlimited budget. Right. And freedom. You could do whatever you wanted with with it. Is there a property out there, uh, uh, a character, a TV show, a movie, a comic, whatever it might be um, that you would want to
1: do?
3: The Last Unicorn.
1: The Last Unicorn. Wow. I you had that.
3: Single.
1: You had that locked and loaded, ready to go. <laughs> the Last Unicorn. Did someone
0: tell you I was going to ask you this out question?
3: There, <laughs> a comic and it's beautiful, but I wanted to do it too. Is <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> is there last unicorn it. comic? There is, yeah,
1: yeah. Whoa, whoa Bry, you don't know what the last unicorn is? I'm not familiar with it. No, dude, it is our like age bracket. Like it, I'm looking. It you gotta right watch now. it. You gotta. You got. You, you could probably stream it for free. You and and then the little ones gotta watch it, man. Like. It's a that one was that was a big deal. That movie,
3: yeah. I, I used to, I remember being in diapers and it was on VHS.
1: Yeah,
0: and oh, shit. I made I my know dad sit down and
3: watch it with me a hundred times.
1: Yep, and, yep, yep, yep. I know this movie, and then that, that movie had some serious darkness to it too. Like it tackled some kind of like, I guess you could say some kind of like adult or darker themes, especially for like a kids' movie. Like it got intense. Oh man,
0: the cast on really this, too. too.
1: Mia Farrow, Jeff Bridges,
0: Christopher Lee, Angela Lansbury, Alan Arkin. Man, they got okay. That's what they're singing. (laughs) uh, Even better. I love a good musical. (laughs) I love a good musical.
3: The art is beautiful, and um, is it
1: just that was your favorite as a kid, and so that's what you would want to do? Would you want to change up the story? or Would you want to just do a pure adaptation? Or like maybe um, a continuation. I think I would
3: want to try bringing in more elements from the book. Okay. Because there, it goes like there's another layer to the characters. I think the movie does a great. Like personally, I I loved the movie rendition. Um, but if I were to do a comic version, it would give you a chance to maybe add more in there. Yeah. Because then you're not just limited by a two-hour. Mm-hmm. You know
1: have you thought about pitching it what was that have you thought about pitching it
3: ah do it
1: you could (laughs) you could do it i
3: think i think that's like a wish. like a wish i wish i could do it but at the same time i also balance it out with like do i want to do my stories too
1: true right right yeah yeah i It's one of those weird things, right? You get in that mode where you're like, oh, I love this character. It'd be really cool to do something with it. But then at the end of the night, you're kind of like, yeah, but then it'd be taken away from me time. You know, like Mm -hmm. from my stuff.
3: Only so many hours in a day.
0: That's true. And you got to get ready for you got to play Breath of the Wild. So,
2: (laughs)
1: you know. All right. (laughs) Well, we're starting to kind of wind down here towards the uh, getting close to the end of the podcast. Um, And uh, as we wind down, as is tradition. As is tradition. We like to go, what are you reading? What's on the nightstand? In terms, meaning, like, what comics are you reading? If you're not reading any comics, what books are you reading? Because, I don't know, book club. Yeah. Melissa, what do you got for us?
3: I recently just Got some books that are on my list to start. So these two were the ones actually that I need to: Garlic and the Vampire.
2: Okay. Oh, all right.
3: Is that a graphic novel? Yeah, it's a graphic novel. It looks super cute.
2: Oh, what? that? (laughs) And
3: then uh, the Sprite and the Gardener, just because the art looks absolutely amazing, and that's. by oh man re abrigo uh, uh, and joe witt okay um, i think i'm saying their names incorrectly
1: i'm sure they'll but forgive you. it
3: looks really pretty
1: yeah nice
3: <laughs>
1: do you do you look at uh, i'm guess are those like young adult graphic novels or kids graphic novels
3: yeah
1: you, is that kind of do you read a lot of that stuff
3: um actually i haven't and but it's sort of this year, I've been trying to um, be more aware of the stories that are coming out in the different sure. genres definitely. Um, I would say my go-to is uh, Elona Andrews bookwise yeah, uh, I always look for it's actually a husband wife team and they do a lot of urban fantasies and um,
1: oh, okay. are you a big fan of urban fantasy? I am oh, that's <laughs> I love the piece. my. My wife is a huge urban. That's all it is yeah. in this house is urban fantasy. Yeah. 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 I even uh, just did my first urban fantasy comic for uh, like a movie studio out of uh, okay. like over in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was an experience, you know, so where do I,
3: where do I look for it? Are you able to talk about it?
1: I don't know if I can talk about it. Oh, okay. we'll, when we get done, I'll tell you about okay. it. I'll tell you about it. But uh, yeah, no, it um Urban fantasy. I didn't, I had no idea. Cause I'm kind of like, oh yeah, image comics, you know, like, oh, look at these guys are beating each other up. Yeah, like that stuff. Like, you know, like Brian, and I kind of, that's what we kind of gravitate towards. Yeah. But then my wife was like, you really ought to look into urban fantasy cause it's like <laughs> the biggest genre on the planet. Indeed. And, and then she showed me some of the numbers. and I was like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I hadn't, no idea yeah
0: <laughs> yeah very cool
1: very yeah cool. that's awesome
0: um brian yeah so uh because this is with double header um i i don't have anything new um like fi- like any physical copies but i you know you know i like to read my ipad on comics at night as i go to bed sure. so uh I've been, I've been going through the, uh, the old, uh, Marvel unlimited app. So looking, reading at some old, uh, some older Marvel comics. Um, and, uh, I was watching daredevil, uh, the Netflix daredevil recently. And so I read the mini series daredevil, the man without fear. So that was what loosely, what the show was based off of. And so that's, uh, Frank Miller and uh, John Romita Jr. That was their run, basically retelling, uh, you know, how he got his powers, how he became Daredevil. It's a lot darker, you know, than the '60s version that came out. Um, but yeah, you see a lot of uh, you see a lot of that in the show, from even just from what he wears, with the all black, with the black uh, bandana over his eyes. Um, that's pulled straight out of there. Um so it was very nineties. Oh, wow. It was a very nineties. Um but it was fun, man. It was it's I like I like seeing, you know, when you see the uh you know, you see the show um or the show or the movie or whatever. I like going back and reading, you know, where those stories ca- came from. Yeah. I think that's the way to do it. So yeah, that was fun. It was like it was six issues. Um and you know, much like the show, the the like final panel of the last issue where just like in the show the like the last scene from the first season you know you see him in full costume um, so it was fun it was a lot of fun
2: uh,
1: Melissa do you I mean it's hard not to pay attention to kind of the Marvel Disney everywhere stuff uh, especially like the you know the MCU TV experience uh, do you partake in any of that
3: oh I like to keep up just to see because I have friends who are super into it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think because of their excitement, I'm like, okay, and then I'll watch it so I could, I get to talk to them about it. Like I liked this one watching WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, oh, so uh, good.
1: WandaVision is so good. It
3: was a really fun spin. Yeah. Um I
0: yeah. didn't think <laughs> that I would enjoy Hawkeye and then I and then it turned out like I really love it and it might be my favorite of the of the shows so far um that's with the uh what's the character's name is it kate Kate bishop yeah yeah she's great
3: yeah so that's
0: currently that's the current one that's going right now and then there was uh they tease a a connection to the netflix marvel shows which i thought was really cool but Uh, oh
1: you're not you're not dropping any spoilers I'm guessing here.
0: I didn't drop a spoiler. I just said they teased something and I didn't say what it was. Oh. You know, I'm not I'm oh. not going to spoil it. I'll tell you, but I won't if you want me to, but I won't spoil it if you don't want me to.
1: No, you know, I don't I don't want our Tiger Cubs getting angry cuz they're true. like me, they're probably way behind. I know I'm way behind on all that stuff.
0: I know, but I told you cuz you don't care.
1: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, that's true, but what I, you, I enjoyed the
0: what are, what, are, what are you reading?
1: Okay, well, because Melissa was coming on and I know that she is like legit web comics aficionado, I was like, do I have any web comics in publication here? And I was like, I do. I have the abominable Charles Christopher by Carl Kerschel. I'm and- waiting for mine to come in the mail. Yeah, volume three just kickstarted. It was very successful. And I think it's the end. This is it. This is the last final volume of it. I got all but three he's... volumes coming. I'm very excited. Okay. So I had volume, I have volume one and volume two that I had to track down through like Canadian public like Canadian retailers. Like, I don't know. It took forever to get them here. But I have so, anyways, I reread volume two because I just hadn't read it in a long time. And um, you know, it's just it's such a great, even though it takes, it's like the kind of whimsical and you have this like kind of goofy Bigfoot character. Um, it has some really interesting kind of like um, slice of life type stuff. You know, like there's a bird uh, who he's like stressed out. Cause he's got a bunch of chicks that have hatched and his wife's his wife bird is like, (laughs) go out and like get to work, like bring home the worm, you know, early bird gets the worm. like both, you know, like she's joking, but also she's being like literal at the same time. (laughs) And he's kind of failing. So it gets into the whole stress of like raising a family for him. And then there's other characters like the, this like young Bigfoot character doesn't know where he is, who he is or where he came from. And he doesn't speak, but all the other wildlife speaks it's very interesting. And then they introduce this like Prince character who's kind of like Zelda and they call it, they keep referring to him as Gilgamesh Prince Gilgamesh, which I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So they're bringing in some like, like very old mythology uh, type stuff into it. It's, it's a fascinating, I, I str- highly recommend it. Anybody who just enjoys it's an all ages book. Um, and then it's hinting at like, there's some type of like God, like being that's guiding, uh, you know, Charles Christopher, who is this, this Bigfoot uh, to the top of a mountain. And the God is like this, some kind of lion. And I think he's going to have to fulfill his destiny. Cause there's some kind of like darkness um, that uh, is like getting ready to, I think, attack like the human civilization, but there's all kinds of stuff going on. I I, I really don't want to spoil it for anybody, but if anybody's familiar with Carl uh, Kerschel, he's just, his work is kind of phenomenal he's just yep. in a yep. he's he's a. I mean he does everything he you know he's one I think this is one in Eisner uh, the abominable Charles Christopher and then like you know he's had some phenomenal runs over at DC and Marvel I think he's co-creator Marvel of King DC. Shark man who Carl a different Carl my friend are you serious yeah
0: wow oh, shit wow I'm gonna cut that out you'll never hear it <laughs> Okay. You should leave it in. <laughs> nope. I won't do it. You can't make All me right.
1: I edit the But show. um yeah, uh I don't know what uh Kershaw's working on right now, but uh I think he just uh he just joined forces with a couple other artists in Canada. They just uh what is their new publishing house called? Do you remember Bri? They did like the Psycho Gorman Kickstarter oh, and shit. stuff like that. Like uh, Lethal Comics, I think. Something like that, yeah.
0: I think it's oh, Lethal Norman.
3: Comic. Sorry. I forever was trying to think of that movie title. Oh. You just th- told said it. So yeah. Uh, right did, you,
1: did you see the movie? Did you yeah. see Psycho? Oh, it's so ridiculous, right? <laughs> that is my bread and butter. I love. Anyway, so the same guys who, the guy, Carl Kershaw, who worked on uh, The Abominable Trails, Christopher, yeah, mouthful. Those guys with their Lethal Comics out of, uh, I think they're out of Toronto they are doing a psycho gorman anthology they just kickstarted it yep and uh, i think they're finishing it up right now i cannot wait to get my hands on it Same just here. i'm very excited it looks just as crazy as the movie uh I, did uh melissa did you see the film
3: yeah yeah it was yeah.
1: really good <laughs> yeah right I, I mean it was like crazy but it was
2: it fell I in love- left
3: field it was like what what am I watching? And then as you kept going deeper into it, you're like, this is amazing. I need more of this. And then Yeah.
1: I just love the little girl reminds me of my sister when she was that age. <laughs> Cause she was totally like that. Like if, if if she found some blood ruby in our backyard that controlled the most powerful being in like time and space, that's she would yeah, she'd make him dress up and walk around town with her and you know, turn other children inside out (laughs) and be bossy to him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad you said psycho Gorman. We need more, we need more films like psycho Gorman in in the world, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah. So that's what I read. Uh, I would say if you haven't read it, definitely try and get your hands on. And I believe it's a web, like all the, I think all the pages are still online, like free to read at, uh, I don't know what the website is. I'm sure it's somewhere on the book here, but abominable.cc. That's probably, it's probably on there. Yeah. I don't know. Canadian website, but Frank quietly, he says he's quoted as calling the book. Amazing. Totally brilliant. So there you go. There it is. There it is. But yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, now that we've heard what
0: everyone reads, I think it's time for me to, uh, to take us home. What do you think? Take.
1: Take us home, man.
0: All right. All right, Tiger Cubs. You know the drill. You know what's about to happen here. Because I'm going to tell you, if you want any and everything Blue Tiger Revenge related, Operation Blue related, you need to be subscribed to our Substack, And that is bluetigerrevenge.substack.com. And it'll just go directly to your inbox. You won't have to search for when the new episode comes out. You won't have to search for... For when the new page of Operation Blue comes out, it'll just it'll just come to you, okay. So go to that website, subscribe to it, tell all your friends about it, um, your family, people you just a Facebook acquaintance that uh, you know you're friends with, but you don't know why. Because if you saw them at Target, you wouldn't even stop to say hello. Um, share it with them too. Um, <laughs> You know, if you're into pyramid schemes, instead of being into pyramid schemes, meet with people and tell them about Blue Tiger Revenge instead. We're cooler than pyramid schemes. Um, and you won't waste money because it's free, right? There it is. Uh, so the if you pyramid want pyramid to- <laughs> scheme podcast, that's right. Blue Tiger Revenge. <laughs> that's right. Because, you know, we do like to call ourselves the uh intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Um, and we are. We are. Uh if you want to send us an email, it's uh, revenge at Substack.com. And uh, finally, Melissa, want to thank you so much for coming on and uh, you know telling us about your amazing books, talking about Zelda, everything everything that we've done. Um, where can folks find you at?
3: Yeah, so uh, all of my stuff you can find on my website, uh, teacupbee.com. Well, T e a c u p b e e dot
0: com. We'll put a link and to that in the notes. It links too. to everything. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll make sure that there's a link to that uh, in the show notes on the Substack. So if you want to find that, you know where to go.
1: I have one request, Melissa. Okay. Uh, when you get <laughs> she ready, know to what to leave. think of your <laughs> request? <laughs> She's, she, yeah, you look very scared. Uh, well, you can't see me, so I guess it's like you can't read my face or anything. Uh, That's probably when for you're the getting. Best. When you're getting ready to uh, launch this, uh, your current book, Monster Heart on Webtoon, uh, will you let us know so that uh, we can promote it?
3: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Or
1: better yet, you
3: can you. come back on.
1: Better yet, you, or you can, can come back on. You can
0: come Anytime. back on.
3: You guys are a lot of fun to talk to.
1: Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you're you're down in LA. So you
0: said
3: Oakland.
1: To, uh, Oakland. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right. So, yep. West coast that's right yeah. that's where it's oh,
0: at one more one more question for you before before we jet since you are down in oakland uh do you have any uh any and you were just at emerald City any more conventions for you coming up that you're gonna be at
3: uh i only have one coming up in January sac anime which is in sacramento
1: awesome Sorry. oh yeah. oh my sister's in sacramento hey? i
3: might
1: I might send him, I might send her your way okay and is. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <concerned>. <laughs> I apologize. Look out! Here comes old Momo.
0: That's right. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's everything, Tad. I don't have anything else to add. Do you?
1: Uh. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.
0: Happy holidays. <laughs> all right. Well, if that is everything, what time is it? Hit the music.